Welcome to the Full Court Sound Off podcast. This week we're talking NBA free agency. A lot has happened already, per usual, with NBA free agency. It's a complete, massive frenzy and really just uh, insanity. Um, so, Solomon, my first question to you is what do you think are some of the best signings so far? To me, if you ask me, uh, probably best and most important signing was. Chris Paul re-signing with the the Suns. I mean, DeAndre um, Ayton says, you know, best person to happen to his career and to go to the NBA Finals and be within two games winning a championship and being able to bring that key cog back when very easily could have heard the Hornets were an option. You know, he had other suitors uh, to be back, to bring back probably your main cog and main piece in a championship run is, is pretty huge to me. What do you think? I I agree. And we, we had talked about uh, Chris Paul previously and how much losing him would hurt the Suns. Um, so I think for next season and maybe in two seasons, it's a huge deal for them to have him um, and makes them, you know, next year, again, a serious threat and contender to win the championship. My question is he's now signed on till he's 40. Is that a good thing? You know, I really think, Everyone talks about the NFL being year-to-year win-now sport. I feel like almost all these sports, but particularly the NBA is that way as well. And so to me, it's, is he signed to his 40s? He signed to his 50s? He signed to his 100? It's like, as long as we've got him for next year, that's a focus because so many things can happen. Someone could be disgruntled midway through the season and say, I want to demand a trade. So I feel like the GMs and the Suns are like, we got this key cog. We got Chris Paul, awesome player. We need to get him back for next year. And the other years are almost kind of, miscellaneous or you know we'll just kind of deal with those as they come they're focused on how do we get back because these championship windows are so 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 small i mean people are talking about the lakers is already closed they've got ad who's 28 um lebron who's you know a little older but still very 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 good player and so the, the windows are so small it's like is he signed till he's 40 yes but it's like is he gonna be here that's the really really important part i'm with you i'm with you i just i just thought it was something worth bring worth bringing up um I think it is a really big deal for them to have him next season. And you're right. The windows are so small. You got to just hold on to what you have. And no one's going to be like, if they win an NBA finals next year, no one's going to be like in three years, like, oh man, you're stuck with Chris Paul at 39. It's like, whoa, but we won a championship. So if that happens, you know, if you get the validation, it's all worth it. The problem becomes if you don't get the validation and then you're stuck with these large contracts of players who are too old to move and so on and so forth. But you know, that's kind of the risk you have to take. That's just, yeah, but at least I can respect, well, at least I can respect teams like that. I I think, you know, I look at free agency for any sport. If you're not close to a championship window, my philosophy would be, we're going to try, we're just going to be in rebuild mode. So when I see, Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to Lonzo for getting the bag, but I'm like, the bulls gave you four years, 80, $85 million. I'm like, the bulls are going as far as I'm going next year. So it's like, you might as well have just given me that contract. Now the Suns and Chris Paul. Yeah. You want to give them, 
a four-year deal and pay him whatever it is, 100, 120 million. Yeah, you have a legit chance to win a championship. And so, you know, kind of like what you're saying, um, you've got the contracts and if it doesn't work it worth it, yeah, but that's that's just sports, but at least you know they've got a legit shot and so they're willing to pay. So you can sit a little bit better at night knowing like, hey, we're a legit contender, not just, oh, we got a free agency who's going to get us some jersey sales and fill our stands on opening night and then be empty the rest of the year because we suck. That's that's how I feel too. Yeah, and that and I want to bring that to the Bulls. Um, they've signed – they've been one of the more active teams, not the most active, but one of the more active. Um, Ball, DeRozan, Caruso, what do you make of the Bulls for next season after these signings? I mean, it's tough because the NBA and professional sports, it's a business as well. So, I mean, you really want to, you want to please the fans. You want to have the community engagement. You don't just want to look like you're not trying at all because the 2025 free agency class, there might be a huge star. You want to be like, hey, we tried to do this. We are trying. We can't just, can't just like tank. And then all of a sudden, oh, now we're going to try to make a splash. So, you know, I can understand that part. But to me, it's as a GM, I'd be so focused on player development if I was not a serious contender, even playoff contender, like I saw the Knicks when they signed, re-signed Julius Randle and um, Derrick Rose. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you guys have already probably hit your ceiling. Like Rose, he's good. How much is he left in the tank? Julius Randle's probably about as good as he's going to get. Um, so to me, it's, let's focus on our player development. Let's focus on Kobe White. Let's focus on the other young guns we've got. And then if we get Alonzo and then we keep rebuilding, sure. But it's like, how active do we need to be? Um, when it's like we're we're probably not going to the playoffs, and if we do, we're going to get swept in four by the Bucks. Right, and uh, and so instead the focus, and I agree with you. Instead, the focus should be player development and adding talent specifically through the draft, but also maybe trading for you know trading larger names for smaller names, younger guys who can again be developed. I'm with you. Um, you know, you see this kind of stuff because it's, 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 it's attractive for a team to bring in a name like DeMar DeRozan or Lonzo Ball, but the goal is ultimately to win a championship. And if you sink this much money into uh, players who aren't going to get you there because you're not at that point yet, and you won't be for another theoretically three to five years, then it's like, you're just wasting resources. Well, you know, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, Think about the Lakers. Well, I think it was no, maybe twelve or so or fourteen. I don't know when they brought in Mozgov and they still got the Lou All Dang contract going on. And it's like any other team, maybe if that's the Clippers, it sets the Clippers back. Who knows how many years? You now it's the Lakers, and everyone's going to play for the Lakers, so it's okay. And you know they can go win a championship, but putting some of these bad contracts on can really just completely cripple your team from a financial standpoint. And then people see the product on the court, and so it's just like. I don't know. I'm not a GM. I'm not making the big bucks. I'm just some idiot over here, you know, trying to start a podcast. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but to me, it'd be like, Hey, let's focus on what we've got here. Let's continue to build kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays. develop, develop, develop. Let's get really, really good with what we've got. Maybe we make a trade when we feel like we're close. Maybe we make a signing. We feel like we're close. And after that, we're just going to keep being smart financially. And then it's, it's all a timing game. Everyone in professional sports should have their time in the sun, unless you're just a utterly, a poorly run sports franchise you, you should have your lot your time in the sun look at the cleveland browns they now have their time in the sun so it's instead of like you know trying to hit these splashes and make these signings it's more of a hey let's build what we got and then eventually we'll get there if we go about it the right way yeah no i mean american pro sports are set up in a way that if you unless you completely throw away your opportunities you will cycle through it's a matter of utilizing your drafts well 
and not throwing money at the wrong things. And if you're able to, to avoid bad drafts and wasting resources, you will eventually be good. Um, even the Cleveland Cavaliers were good for a period. Um, and you look at like the most recent dynasty in this league of the Warriors drafted Curry, drafted Clay Thompson, drafted Draymond Green. They signed Kevin Durant, but they were already insanely good before him. So like building through the draft, unless you're a weird situation like the Lakers, you know, where you can just attract whoever you want because you're the Lakers, you know, that's the way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, other things I'm saying, though, too, is more so from a team perspective. It is really cool to see all the players, you know, get the money they deserve. Because I still think, you know, all the players should be able to get as much as they want as long as they want to. Um, but sure. just always see that kind of stuff. And it's so baffling to me when I'm like, you're doing what with what? And you know, you're still going to be in last place. Like, yeah, I know you want the fans to have something to be excited about because at the end of the day, it is a business. You know, you don't just want to be doing nothing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of too much talk about the Bulls for a team that's not going anywhere. Fair enough. Let's talk about the Lakers because I know that's a team that you strongly believe will be going. Lake show, many la places. la land. So they've probably been the most active team in free agency. And on top of that, traded for Westbrook. Um, so what do you make of what they've done so far? You know, it's one of those where if you trust LeBron James and you're a true fan of LeBron James and you can probably sign off on all of the, uh, all of the Laker moves. The one thing I will say is that as much as I love LeBron and as good as he and AD are, the NBA is so competitive and I don't think any move necessarily short of, you know, adding KD Dame and these unrealistic options is going to guarantee you a championship. It's just one of those things right. where, yeah, they're old, but I know LeBron is really smart. And he knows his time is short. He's not just going to be like, oh, Westbrook's my homie. Like, let's just get him. There is a purpose for adding every single person on that team. Um, So I know they put their best foot forward. To me, it's kind of one of those. It's just a wait and see. You know, you think last year when they signed Wes Matthews, when they got Andre Drummond and some of these other guys, that they're going to be a lot better. And, yeah, they had some injuries and that goes into it. But I think even they'd be like, you know, a little bit of a disappointing season. And with Melo, with Malik Monk, with, you know, Westbrook, with bringing Dwight Howard back, I mean, on paper, it looks really good. If this were uh, 2011 or 2014, hmm. uh, this would be the NBA champion. Um, but 2022, it's going to be really competitive. Warriors are going to be back. Bucks are going to be even better. Um, I don't know. Sounds. Kind of a wait and see for me. But I, I, I trust LeBron, and I think uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't have had input to get these people if uh, he didn't feel good about it. Which of these new signings? So not Westbrook, but. Anthony Howard, Ariza, Ellington, Monk, Nunn, Bazemore. Who are you most excited to see? Malik Monk. I mean, I would never consider myself really a Kentucky Wildcat fan, but kind of one of those players watching him in college could kind of catch lightning in a bottle at some time. And I think Agreed. he's going to be just really a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. And um, I think Mel also could be really, really good. But he also just had a really unique fit in Portland that I don't know if it'll translate to L.A. You know, they've kind of got their rotation and kind of got, you know, what they've got going on. And it, it's going to be a different role and seed for him but I think someone like Malik Monk who you know hopefully gets good minutes and can play defense that's where he's gonna have to really earn his time but someone who can be a shooter Ariza Ariza I hope you come back and you're the Trevor Ariza of 2010 where you know you're the defensive <laughs> stopper and help lead the Lakers to the championship that was I was in like middle school so who knows um so I, I think I'm most excited for Malik Monk yeah I mean Ariza's a I think this is his 17th year in the league which is unreal um you mentioned Andre Drummond before uh how much do you think he helps the 76ers i don't know i mean 
the Sixers to me just kind of seem like a mess between the whole Ben Simmons thing um, and Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond. If they ever play at the same time, God help us all. Um, and so 76ers, they just got so many different things going on, so many rumors, so many he said, she said, or I guess it's he said, he said, and I don't want you and we don't want you and blah, blah, blah. And the Sixers to me, I feel like they almost kind of are their worst enemy and have kind of like done their own damage and are kind of self-imploding almost. So they're going to be like the Bulls here soon enough where they're going to probably give, I don't know, James Johnson $100 million because <laughs> Embiid's left them for the Knicks and, you know, Ben Simmons got shipped off to New Orleans. <laughs> I think he could be right. You could be right. It does. There is a very, uh, there's very much an air of desperation around them right now. Um, uh, the Heat are also have been a really active team. They've added PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris. Um, you know, how much of an impact do you think those guys will make? Uh, I mean, you're talking about two players who are really important on two of the last or two of the last three, sorry, uh, NBA championship teams. Well, and Morris play for Lakers. Um, how much do you think that helps the Heat? Well, you know, the one thing I will say about the Heat is Heat culture, I think, really is real. I feel like it's not college you really can tell the culture because it's you know younger kids and um the coach really is kind of the the mantra but there's something to be said for heat culture and with jimmy butler really at the helm there and pat riley i think adding a guy like kyle lowry who's you know he's a champion so a proven winner but also about business and about being a professional and about those hard work the hard working which is how they won in toronto i think could be a great fit um the thing i just wonder is that the east is going to be so competitive it doesn't matter, you know, those signings are all great, but they're not on paper. They're not better than the Brooklyn Nets. Now that the Bucks have won a championship, that's such a, 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 a mental, you know, stimulant. It's almost like a shot that took them to another level that they now before. The Bucks are going to be even harder. And so it's like really good. I think that he got a lot more competitive, a lot tougher out. See him in the semis probably. Um, but no one added KD and Harden this offseason. So it's tough to really take someone else that serious especially if all of them are still healthy well they did take a very important piece from the bucks and tucker but 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 you're not wrong you're not wrong the east will be very competitive and i mean yet again the nets probably look like the best team on paper but it didn't happen this year you know you you, you never know you never know you would have thought yeah, that the just bucks think, were worse well, than the nets well that's just where i think too you know with with if it's not the Nets, you know, Giannis and this, it's just such a – I feel like you just see teams with a new swagger, a new confidence, and just almost like a new team, even though the same pieces are coming back. Um, momentum for them is going to be crazy with, you know, Holiday coming off the uh, gold medal here, with Milton coming off the game, the gold medal here. And if not the Nets, the Bucks, And after that, that I, I don't know. I'd love to see the, the Caesar Sportsbook odds coming out here soon on who's, who's third in the East. Sure, it's the Cavs. Um, <laughs> probably the Bulls, <laughs> right? Uh, so what do you think are some of the worst signings so far? And I think you might have touched on your opinion on this already. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like I said, I think anyone who got money is is great, and so I think it's more so from a front office standpoint. And to me, it's any team that seriously, and you, and even as a team, you've got to know how serious and how good you really are. Um, to me, any team that's not a serious championship contender, like you're probably not a top six team in the NBA, probably made some bad signings. Like the Knicks, I think they had 50 million in cap space. They, you know, they're trying to trade for Dame. Not a, it's a lot different when you're trying to make a trade than do a, uh, uh, a signing. Definitely. Um, 50 million in cap space, and to give that to 
to Derrick Rose and to give that to um, Julius Randle. It's like awesome for them, really, really cool for them. Um, but then it's like, what? what's going to be next and it's just i don't know one of those things where i think if you're not a top team like the lakers like the suns like the bucks like the heat you know it's kind of like what are we doing here boys yeah if you're not already close free agency uh is to put you over the top free agency is to give you that little extra burst teams using free agency as a way to build a team will not be successful unless you are doing something insane like you know adding some of the biggest names in the sport to create a big three type of situation you know there's unique situations where it works but you need a like not you not what the knicks and the bulls are doing you know you need you need players on another level to in free agency for it to be worth it otherwise that's how you add your extra pieces your veterans who might have been too too difficult to get in a trade, but they're available and they fill a role. You know, if you're looking for your stars, trades and tra- and drafts are really where I see the value in that. Again, unless you can bring in, uh, uh, you know, LeBron James and Chris Bosh at the same time, kind of thing. Um, who do you think are some of the best remaining free agents? I don't know. I mean. And and just going back to there, another thing that kind of popped in my head was that maybe more of a hot take or people might think I'm more crazy, but I really think the Clippers could end up regretting re-signing Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi just seems to have such a, uh, a mystique about him. And, you know, I don't know. I just almost liked Toronto Kawhi and San Antonio Kawhi than I do L.A. Kawhi. Like, I don't think that them bringing back Reggie Jackson is going to automatically mean they're going to be able to win with him and PG. Um, no Kawhi and Batum, you know, as Kawhi kind of rehabs. And so I could really see maybe his rehab doesn't go as it is. Maybe he doesn't come back the same. He's had a lot of knee injuries, a lot of lower leg injuries. And I can almost see, like, Steve Ballmer's like, we're so close. Like, we're so close to taking over L.A., but so much is on Kawhi, and it's like, who knows what's going to happen in there with the Warriors coming back, with Steph getting a new deal, Clay's coming back, the Lakers. I mean, they could end up re- regretting this because it's like they're going to pay all this money to a guy and never get to use him. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I do want to add the, the Clippers and almost thinking like re-signing Kawhi almost was a, uh, I don't know, it's a it's a roll of the dice there. The, the best people remaining, I think people are talking about DeRozan could be a really good guy, but one of those things where been in San Antonio the last few years, kind of unseen, and it's such a such a what type of teams he going to go to, and what's going to be his role, depending on how is going to dictate how good he does, you know, next year, which ultimately prove you know how good of a signing he was. So NBA free agency, all the good ones are gone in the first you know ten minutes, and right, really yeah. they're gone days before. Um, so at this point, it's I think the season's probably getting ready to get decided here in September, October for training camp. Um, and then it's just going to be who can gel January, February, and then make a run in the spring. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, it seems like, and I've said this in past podcasts, the NBA is more wide open now than, I don't know, long, long time. It's been a long time. You named multiple, t- I realize, yeah, the Nets look like the best team in the East and the Bucks look like the next closest challenger, but then you got the heat adding pieces, I mean, you've talked about how competitive the East is going to be. Then you talk about the West. That Pacific division alone is absolutely loaded between the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, poor Sacramento Kings. (laughs) Um, You know, it's really nice to see this. I got to say, again, as as a guy who's 
really been in and out of watching the NBA over the course of my life. Um, it's really nice for it to be August and it's like not already decided and that all these different teams are jockeying for position. It's really nice to see. Well, it's one of those things where I think, you know, the next generation's kind of the, the 25, 26 under clubs kind of starting to, to become what, you know, they had hoped to be. And so you still got the older generation, you know, LeBron, Chris Paul, um, KD, sort of speaking, though he's a couple years younger, that are still really, really good and still like running the league. Um, but then you've got the younger guys like Booker, like Giannis, um, you know, Luca, and those guys who are starting to come up. And so those you've got some really, really good young guys combined with some really, really good old guys, which I think is what's going to make it um, a lot more competitive. But I don't know. If you ask me, pro sports, every team, aside from, uh, I'd say, um, like a hockey or um, maybe a baseball, because so few teams make the playoffs, but really in like football, basketball, it's six or so teams have a legit chance. Other teams are good. And, you know, if injuries happen, you know, you could make a make a run kind of like what happened this year. Um, but it's it's a four team, six team race. Yeah, well, that's, you know, in a 32 team league, that's that's not a tiny 30. portion. 30. You're right. 30. You're right. NFL. Right? <laughs> you're wearing a tie dye shirt. You don't get to say that. Um, <laughs> no fashion um, sense. No NBA sense, man. Uh, so. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm curious what those, you know, you say there's going to be four to six teams in the NBA. You've kind of already named them. But if you had to give your six teams right now who are in contention for the 22 championship, who are they? I mean, it's probably a lot of the ones you like or hear on, you know, ESPN or NBC right. or, or maybe not NBC or like Fox. But Lakers, can big contender, got to love the Bucks, got to love the Nets. Um, I like the Jazz. I like the Nuggets, um, you know, assuming everyone's able to come back healthy um and after that it's kind of one of those where i'm like how close are the heat i'm not sure i'm really to say they're like because to me a contender means that you can be another contender you can mm -hmm. be good but you may not be another contender and so between those kind of five teams i just named i could see them just with the pieces they've got the team chemistry they've got and there's their proven track record i could see them beating other teams and I, I do think it's fair to probably throw the suns in there too just after what they did you know to be respectful um to the suns and bringing back everyone um so uh, that's kind of just looking at it right now it's, it's that's my thoughts what do you think i I'm, i agree with you but i still also think that you got to respect like a a, a team with luca is going to be dangerous i'm not going to say they're going to win the championship but a team with luca could knock somebody out that doesn't expect to be knocked out um i th i think that you need to give the Clippers a little bit more benefit of the doubt for at least this season. Again, an injury in, injuries could screw anyone over, but you know, injuries with, with Kawhi could really hurt them. But if he's playing again, like you said, with the signing Chris Paul until he's 40, it's like, if you think your window is open right now, then you, you, you put the resources into the guys who will help you right now. So uh, is signing Kawhi Leonard, maybe going to be good for the Clippers in three years. I don't know. But next year, as long as he's healthy, which is a big, obviously, that's a huge if, but presuming he can play when they need him, I don't think you can just disregard a team like that. Yeah, it, it's interesting just because I know it's, I think it's a partial torn. I didn't think they said it was a fully torn ACL, but I could even see them taking that partially torn ACL and just being like Kawhi being, because they're basically going to kind of dictate and listen to what he wants. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was just like, I'm just shutting it down this year. So that's just why I kind of like, 
if if he was going into this season healthy, I'm like, yeah, for sure. No, the Clippers, obviously. But I think it's just maybe it's a, a February restart for him. I think he's just going to be so careful, so cautious that the, the PG, Reggie Jackson uh, tag team, you know, isn't going to quite get it across my line. And honestly, love Luca. Awesome player. You know, phenomenal talent. I The Mavs just to me aren't legit. Like, re-signed Tim Hardaway, you know, $72 million. It's not legit. Like, you know, it's one of those players where I could kind of see Luca. He's going to, they're going to have a, like 20 or so, 15 or so nationally televised games. He's going to be really, really good in those. He's going to have some really, really, really good stats. Um, he's a phenomenal player. But Luca's not LeBron in that LeBron, when he was young and really good, could carry any team anywhere. Um, he's not going to be able to overcome some of these other teams in the West. So, you know, him and KP are kind of maybe beefing a little bit and Mavs probably – they're probably playing the play-in tournament again, and, you know, they'll be uh, home by Mother's Day. <laughs> what do you think happens with Damian Lillard? Who knows, man? I mean, it's it's crazy because I think he's still got two or, two or three more years left on his deal, and rightfully so, the Blazers are like, we're, we're going to want a haul. And so I don't think he's at the point where he's not, you know, demanding anything. Um, although he's talking about how he wishes, you know, Maybe they could have done a little bit more, and they're you know happy with the guys they got, and though it's really not much. Um, I don't know. You just got to put a, a TBD on that bow. He he's not staying in Portland beyond this contract, I'd say. But it's a it's a TBD for how how soon I'd say. And you know him moving could be the like that could be the kind of thing if he is able to move before the season. If that happens, that's the kind of thing that completely re, re, completely changes everything we've been talking about. Because he's the kind of player who can completely change the landscape of the league depending on where he goes and also what is given up to get him. Yeah, and that's just what I wonder with some of these GMs because generally the teams that are really, really good, like the Lakers, they just don't have like the draft capital that the Blazers would seek. And then went into trade, also having to be able to work it into um, the the cap space, which is going to be really hard. That's why I like it's like you only can pay so many people. That's why the signing trade is going to be really good, but it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to need to work with the money. You got to work with some draft capital. And you're probably going to have to get, depending on the team, I assume it'd probably be a contender. You probably are going to have to give up at least your third, maybe not your second best player. And some teams are like, we're so close. Like, he's is the difference maker. Do we want to tear down our team? And then it's like, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, he could just be kind of stuck in Portland for a little bit longer. Yeah, I, who knows? <laughs> but Dame time will be uh, – Dame time will be the season's time and hopefully ends up in La La soon, but I, not not yet. We'll get your locker ready, though, buddy. <laughs> All right, you re- reserve reserve uh, a jersey with, with, with his name on it. Just reserve that over to the side. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens with Dennis Schroeder. Thought he was a little too hot to handle, I think, for a while. And now he's, man, he's over here looking for Monopoly bucks. Like, oh, I'll turn down the Lakers offer. And is, does anyone want Dennis Schroeder? I know the the, the, the think the C's are talking about him a little bit. But probably one of the, the funnier storylines I've seen this offseason is Schroeder wants $100, $120 million. And now he, he he's like, uh, it's like that at the bar where the lights have come on and he thought he was this really hot girl and everyone's kind of like, he thought at least people would be looking for him. And he's kind of just staying around like, does anyone want me? And the answer is no. And the barback's like, Hey man, last call was 15 minutes ago. You got to go home. And he's walking home in his stilettos going to be probably picked up by some random dude at a, 
and A&W uh, at 230 in the morning. Gonna get picked up by the G League. <laughs> Some yeah. random G League. Welcome yeah. to the Windy City Bowls. <laughs> but uh yikes. No, he'll be in the NBA. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, I think uh I think free agency can sometimes be a reality check for players, but also can be the total opposite. Also can be the complete and total opposite where you get paid a hell of a lot more than you should have at all um, and get a deal into your forties, whether you deserve it or not. Uh, anyway, I think that'll wrap it up and uh, good luck to all of the new signees. Cheers. 